Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Star Wars Rank. Me and a guest ranking things in Star Wars, and here to do that today is Joseph Scrimshaw. Hello, friend. Oh, I am happy to be here and doing some ranking. Uh, we always have lots of different topics, but this one's a kind of a really breaking new ground for us, I think. Mm. Mm, I love that idea. Let's break some new ground 145 episodes into this run. <laughs> I love it. No, um, what we are going to be ranking today is our favorite 
pieces of art, you could say, from the art of Star Wars, The Mandalorian Season 2. Of course, this is written by Phil Sostak, who is uh, uh, just a very talented individual, and there's so many talented artists reflected in this book. This is the concept art, um, the art that you sometimes see in the, tr- uh, the, the end credits of Mandalorian. It's all the things that uh, go into the design, the makeup, the aesthetic, the feel of these shows. Joseph, we love these books, and this one came to us, and we're like, we some stuff here yeah absolutely i think the the art of mandalorian books are are extra fascinating because the concept art is you know a part of the show you know right Mm -hmm. it's a a part of the mood of the show so to you know get these books and read through all of the insights all of the incredibly hard work and thought that goes into all of these uh images and to see some of the the you, you know your favorites that you've already seen on screen but then to see all of everything from just kind of like character ideas to just like mm. these shocking effective moments where you like you see something that you're very familiar with but in an entirely new context it's yeah. just it, it looking through this book reading it uh and just staring at the pictures to pick my favorites it's one of those kind of experiences that just sort of reignite my passion for this world and these characters and these ideas. Yeah. And, and, and to learning about the creative process that goes into them and just maybe fully understanding them. It's so much in the lead time on these projects. I love reading the notes where it's like, Oh yeah, we, we, this was from early 2018. We're like, this was even a dream. Like we had not even thought like Favre was still kind of working this together. I mean, his original pitch and conversation was in like November, 2017. I love hearing that. Uh, I love being reminded of all that. And, we were talking recently and our, our, our co-host and pal Jennifer Landis said something that really struck you, uh, Joseph, as you read these books, right, uh, about the process and, and what goes into these shows. Yeah, we were, we were having the the great Grand Inquisitors uh, look debate. And Jennifer just really reminded um, that that sometimes people can say like, oh, this was done too quickly. They didn't put thought into it. And Jennifer was just really reminding like whatever your your opinion of anything in Star Wars might be. It is so much work and thought that goes into everything. And as an audience, it's always fine if you disagree with the final result. It doesn't work for you. But these books stand as just a testament to the truth (laughs) that everything is considered and so much effort that goes into approaching all of this work from a spirit of exploration in creativity and why not and what if and fi- philosophically <laughs> opposed right. to the uh idea that can get hurled out there about mm. oh, they just did it quick it was lazy right yeah totally yeah. fine if it doesn't work for you but these books uh so so well constructed and written uh, by Phil Sostak are a tribute to the entire opposite philosophy of that yeah, and and then also the philosophy that we love around here of why not, of pushing boundaries, going bigger. So much there with Favreau kind of leading this team. There's some great notes, some great um, uh, paragraphs to just digest of, of the creative process, his thoughts, the themes, themes in there, Filoni's statements, uh, other people, and just the artists themselves. So many great artists talking about the, their uh, process and what they put in the designs. It's just, it's, it's always a fun read. So why not, yeah. right? <laughs> absolutely absolutely so it was really great to spend us uh, more quality time with it and i'm excited for these images yeah and uh, as we record you might occasionally hear a flipping sound it's because even you know we know our lists here we've got our choices uh, we have the book in front of us here so uh, uh pardon our dust as we flip through <laughs> pages on this episode here we are going to rank our 
favorite pieces of art from the Art of Mandalorian Season 2 book, which doesn't necessarily mean it's the best, but it's what grabs us. Uh, and they're all pretty darn good, by the way. But it's what grabs us, speaks to us, makes us think so many other thoughts. We are going to work our way five to one, beginning with Joseph's number five. What do you got? Yeah, this, uh, as always, was challenging. I had more than I thought I would, uh, but I'm going to go with something that uh, for my number five that had that vibe of the old and the new that I love in Star Wars so much. It's a character that I've seen many illustrations of in a context of pose that felt fresh and new. I'm going to page 184, 185. If any listeners are flipping along with us, <laughs> mm-hmm. we should make an R2-D2 beep to turn the page <laughs> like those old books did. Uh, yeah. Page 184, 185. It is what I'm uh, calling a fet in the fire spray. So it's conceptual art, I think, to really kind of get the the space of, of Fett's classic ship down. And there's a lot of just great details of uh, the interior of the ship, uh, the ladder and, you know, mm. uh, some junk and, you know, kind of the, the open grating that, that is uh, opening in through the floor to, you know, just glowing red uh, mechanical apparatus. Mm. It's, you know, it's a lot like Fett himself. It's kind of, uh, it looks armored, but stripped down. Just a mm. great look at the ship. And if it was just a ship, I'd be like, cool. But in particular, on the first page, uh, Fett himself is just standing in the middle of it all. Not up close, but a tiny figure. And this is like, this is entirely the Star Wars version of one of those old shows that used to be more popular of like, let's visit the the yeah. famous people in their homes. This is like a lifestyle of the rich and famous for Boba Fett. It's like yeah. Boba Fett's turning like, welcome to my ship. This is where I live. I'll show you around. It's just got that entire vibe to it, yeah. uh, which I just love. And then on the other page, it's um, kind of uh, the a similar space, but from a, a different point of view. Uh, and this time, uh, Fett is turned away from the camera, just doing some stuff. He's like, look, if you guys, yeah. if you guys got to look around, it, take your photos, fine, but I'm getting back to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is truly lifestyles of the Fett and Famous going on. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely love it because it's just the kind of images that like, it, it could just be practical, right? To decide what does the interior of this ship look like, but there's such art in it. And, and to me, the art is made by where Fett is in the space. Mm-hmm. And it suddenly becomes not just a, a concept art, but like I'd hang this on my wall. I'm sure we're going to say that a lot. Yeah, no, absolutely. And on the first one on page 84, which is his one, he's looking at the camera, like I said, and giving, giving the tour. He's almost like, looks like he's holding like an iPad. I know it's not what it is, but it's like, like he's doing inventory, like about to, <laughs> about to go get into battle. And he's like, got this, got that, seismic charges, check, check, check. And I he's just like. stocking like, up on knee darts, Ken. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's got a collection of knee darts. Oh, gosh, I'd love that. I'd go to a rack of knee darts. Yeah, and, and look, there's so much mystery inside the ship, right? For for years of just how does it work? And and Mando season two kind of answered that. They had fun with that. And so mm-hmm. to actually see the art of like, here's what it could be on the inside. I love that. Yeah, so that is uh, my number five. Just uh, something old uh, that becomes absolutely new again. Fett that gives us a tour of the old fire spray. <laughs> the old fire spray tour. Uh, interesting that we both, in a, uh, you know, we're, we're, this is the Mandalorian season two. We both start our list with the other guy, Boba Fett. So <laughs> that's where I'm going. And hey, I guess turnabout fair play because of the book of Boba Fett episodes that everyone loves to talk about. My number five is all the way to the beginning. 
Page 16, it is Boba Fett and the Twin Sons. This is the concept art about uh, the reveal and the return of Boba Fett, confirming that those jingle jangly boots you heard in season one were in fact his. And now you look at this picture, it means so much more because of Book of Boba Fett and how he got these weapons, this look. And we had those questions and we saw it, but this photo is just pretty simple. It is uh, looking uh, from behind Fett out towards the famous twin sons of Tatooine, flowing big brown robe, the gaffy stick, the cycle uh, rifle, cycler rifle there, and then no helmet, his head, his scarred head, and uh, clearly the head of Tamara Morrison there. So I just love everything about it. Yeah, you're right. Hanging on a wall, this absolutely is a piece of art. Really love this design here. Uh, and, and and not much more I can say other than just inspire. I thought that was one of my favorite uh, things in Mandalorian season two. I thought there was some just great acting in that moment where he's just living this character's pain and the history that we had yet to learn about. And we made it so, uh, made it so cu- curious to learn more. Truly tip of the iceberg moment here. And this art kind of uh, just encapsulates all that for me. Yeah, I think so. It celebrates that moment that we had of like, oh, are they doing it? <laughs> mm-hmm, is it mm-hmm. is it fat? And oh, it is. And it's Tamora Morrison. And but why does he have uh, the Tuscan gear? Is that mm. uh, because uh, as it turns out, he was taken in by them or did he just mercilessly take it from Tuscans? Yeah. We didn't know at the time. Right. And it was not. Uh, a, this moment of the the confirmation of the return, but with all these great questions and then going back to that just in, in this image in particular that classic relationship of that that binary sunset like uh staring mm. off into the into the horizon is powerful uh in in any photo uh, yeah. uh right here on earth with our one sun <laughs> <laughs> but those double suns that 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 sense of uh, uh of literally like kind of the the binary of what are you going to mm. choose uh, you know what what's in your future what's over the horizon so much that's kind of packed into that image is yeah. so at play here I, I just i love it as uh, saying uh, on another show that i recently uh, reread hemingway's old man in the sea and there is that uh, that feeling of boba fett being uh this older person who has been through a lot who wears his scars uh and just kind of has whatever he needs on his back and is determined and it, and it uh, reminded me, <laughs> this image reminds me uh, of the same kind of vibe that I get from that book mm. and how it connects to Boba Fett. It is the old Fett in the Dune Sea indeed right here. Exactly. Brian, exactly. Yeah, Brian, <laughs> Brian Mattias, uh, I think I'm saying that right, is uh, the uh, the artist on this one here. So shout out to him. Uh, gosh, yeah, it's great stuff. And, and yeah, you're right. Just, just, what that seeing him back and just like, Oh, Oh, wow. They are doing this and no more rumors and speculation. That is, that is fed. And what does this all mean? Uh, what a great concept uh, art piece right here to, to launch that for us as fans. Absolutely. We are off and rolling. Are we going to get Mando in his own uh, list here? Uh, we'll find out soon enough here. Uh, Joseph, what is your number four? Look, Mando is in this one. He is, but he is <laughs> not alone. For my number four, I'm going to page 164. And this was one that I really loved because it's totally Star Wars. It evokes uh, moments that do happen in the episode, but it also evokes something else I love. It is a mashup of Star Wars and comic book superheroes. <laughs> On page 164, it is Mando Dinjarin and Ahsoka Tano 
just leaping through the rooftops like they're Batman and Robin of space. Mm. Uh, it, it's just, it's the energy that I grew up with uh, from comic books, the power of sequential art, the power of freezing a character in a moment of action and makes them iconic. It makes their activity iconic. It's that like, how can you capture in one frozen moment what this mood is, what this character means. And then in a comic book and obviously in (laughs) film and television, it's also the, the sequential, the movement. And I love that on page 164 at the top there, there's this one big Mm. image uh, that I'd also put on my wall. That's just Ahsoka, the Jedi, just getting so much height, <laughs> getting some air, yeah. yeah, some big air. That's a, just a total Batman Spider Man pose, but without the cape, uh, just leaping through the air, arms extended, uh, uh, legs pulled up as though she just launched and she's preparing for the next landing, and then uh, behind her, doing his best to keep up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is Din, you know, jumping, uh, you know, one knee up, uh, cape that he does have flailing behind him, uh kind of clearly on the rooftops like superheroes, a dark mood in the background. And then the two smaller images that look like they're just sort of, they're kind of different angles or moods of the same image, but you look at them all together and it, it, the feeling is like you're watching them hop and leap uh, across the rooftops. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah, Den has a jetpack and can get around and is uh, skilled and athletic in his own way, but th- especially that big frame, it looks like you can hear him groaning. Like, oh, God, here we go. Another one. We got to leave another one. And she's just boing, boing, boing. And he's, oh, I got to get it. I got to get there. Yeah, the ease and the power of her movement is just yeah. all there in this image, right? Oh, totally. A lot of grace. Uh, absolutely. Uh, perfect 10 on form. She's doing great. And he's just trying to keep up, which I, I get. I get. <laughs> yeah. I, I like when you say perfect 10, it makes me think like uh, Din's experiencing one of those moments where he watches the Olympics and he's like, I could do that. Yeah. Ooh, no, yeah. no, I'm, I'm working. I'm working. There's this uh, wonderful, beautiful art here. And I believe this is also from uh, Brian Matnius as well. But at the bottom of this, Joseph, you got to highlight this yellow legal pad sketch from Filoni of them on the roof of oh, from that yeah, to this. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta do some flipping to fully uh, it's, capture that. It's, it's just, you know, right? Filoni, yeah. Yeah. Bottom of 164. Filoni is, you know, he's, he's a known doodler and he's got his own art skills as well. This is where his uh, skill sets kind of began, <laughs> but it's just, it, it, it's Ahsoka. It's, it's Mando and it's the cityscape and a red sky. And it's like, yeah, here it is. Uh, by the way, this is more skills than I would ever have in a drawing. And uh, he's just going to like, cool, f- make something with that. And uh, this is what we get on this page. The, oh the yeah. Art. It's great. It's got that great uh, sort of gesture drawing energy. There's a lot of motion mm. in the lines. Good job, Filoni. Good job, Dave. Love that there. That's a great choice. Well, Mando has arrived. He is finally, he's listed in his own book here. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, so that's my number four. All right, my number four. We're going a little bit later in the book, a little bit later in the story. It is actually a, a splash page as well on uh, three, uh, three ninety four. No, that is not. Oh, that's weird. Uh, sorry, it is uh, the page. The version is number three ninety four. The page is two thirty two mm. and two thirty three. Uh, and this is uh, the, what I'm calling the heroes page. The the image here is of Cara Doom. 
uh, uh, Costco Reeves, uh, Bo-Katan, and Fennec Shand. This towards the end of Mando Season 2. Their big stand, they're running through the ship, running and gunning, saving the day. It is a wonderful hero shot. And uh, I'm calling them heroes, but it, it's also not Barry part of the lead. It is, it is these four ladies uh, doing this thing. And I, I think heroes should be called heroes. Um, but also I think it's important to pay uh, respects to what this meant and what this meant uh, for so many uh, young girls watching this show or anyone, anyone's inspired by this. I love this. I love what it means. It is a action figure shot. It is a, a poster you might hang on a wall, like your favorite sports heroes. Here's my favorite Mando heroes. Uh, I love everything about uh, the design here and just uh, the the image and the energy, the energy that these four heroes have just standing there. I mean, Bo-Katan, I, I've had Katie Sackhoff stare at me like that when she's been upset at me as, as producer Schmoes now. And I, it, it's an energy and uh, everything about it's great. Yeah, this is a great pick. There are a couple things I love about it. Obviously, yes, you can't ignore uh, the the ongoing relevance and importance of seeing all of these uh, women characters mm-hmm. uh, together and projecting this kind of uh, strength and vitality and the fact that they are sitting in the command station, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're sitting in the command station and they've got an energy, particularly Bo-Katan uh, has this great energy of uh, you are late to the meeting and you just said something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> totally. And Casca Reeves is like, yeah, what she said, what yep. she said. Yep. Uh, so the, the energy is great. Uh, you know, I can see a painting like this that is all about like the action right there. The, yeah, mm. Kira Dune does have her, her big old blaster on her oh, hip. Yeah. Uh, but, but the whole thing has, there's a, there is uh, with Bo-Katan's look, there is just sort of this, um, the strength is about character and about ideas. It's not just action, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Absolutely agree with that. And I love the description of, of the, the art uh, on page uh, 231, which again, this is a, a Brian uh, Matthias, uh, but I just I'm, guess I'm drawn to his art here. Uh, he's all through this book, a lot of great artists here, but uh, he's this fun image of all the heroic ladies after taking over Gideon's Bridge, intended to be from the point of view of Din Djarin. I love that. Go to your, your, your Bo-Katan, you're late for the meeting, but I just love that energy. That kind of reads. It makes sense. You're late for the meeting and you said something, if not stupid, of just like, <laughs> learn your Star Wars, Din Djarin. Yeah, so I love this learn one a lot. galactic history. And it almost, almost, go with me here, almost has a old Kenner toy checklist vibe of collect them all. Here's your poster, <laughs> collect them all. It really does. Uh, you know, another thing that I that I want to point out uh, on this one, I think it's it's a lot of other places, um, but it's close to my heart. Uh, I started my creative uh, life as a, a visual artist is just the thing that that came to me when I was young and I doodled and people told me that was good. So that's what I thought about a lot. I went to college and, and got a visual art degree, not at an art school at just the University of Minnesota, but in the the art degree program and coming as I did from a love of comic books and star Wars and that I, I like to draw with lines cause that's mm. what I learned. And that is a bumpy road. <laughs> I yeah. don't know how much it has changed, but I definitely got some pushback from some of my teachers of, uh, art is, uh, shapes like sp- prop learn to paint properly. That's with shapes. Uh, mm. if you add lines, it's illustration like a comic book <laughs> and it is less than uh, not all my teachers were that, but I definitely got some like you could mm. be good, but you use lines and everyone knows that's bad. Uh, so to see something like this, which is a, a masterpiece of the 
chosen art form that is that's got you know it's it's technically amazing but it's got this fun energy where it it is mostly you know shapes and colors speaking to one another but there's these fun edges of line you know like uh, looking around like fennec shan's face and like that that's an aesthetic that really speaks to me uh partially because i grew up with comic books and partially because i have this memory of lines uh, being told lines are less than lines bad shapes good yes (laughs) yes love that (laughs) Uh, that is the uh frankenstein summary of uh, (laughs) my art school experience or uh, art degree experience i should say Uh Love that, love that. So uh, that is my number four, the heroes at large, staring at uh, you for being late to the business. <laughs> love that there. Uh, what is your number three, sir? Uh, my number three, we are going to uh, page 96, 97, uh, another big spread. Uh, this one I am uh, pretty sure is featured in the end credits, but I just, I had to include it. It really spoke to me. It is the two-page spread uh, where Grogu is attacked by his food. (laughs) There's a lot of great Grogu and food. Uh, This is one that it captures the spirit of what happens in the episode, uh, but there's also just kind of like a level of comedy and specificity that's unique to the art itself. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the imagery. He's got the the bowl of, you know, what ends up being kind of chowder, but there's some like bubbling and some rings and you kind of don't know like is this is this uh, some grogu soupy cereal he's got going uh holding the giant spoon got one tentacle in his mouth he's trying to eat back but then the tentacles are wrapping around his head grabbing his cute little nose uh it's yeah. it just it captures um what i think is is a point of mandalorian of, of grogu's relationship with eating sentient things right <laughs> and this right. one fights back yeah turn about fair play for that little devious grogu yes <laughs> yeah so it's just it's the comedy of it it's the, the so well done the light behind his thin little ears oh oh yeah the little the, my favorite little detail is those little wispy white hairs on his uh his grogu head there it's oh horrible. yeah oh yeah it looks like grass on a freshly cut lawn <laughs> right uh yes. god and it's just that there's some space details of the spoon but it's just it's just a giant spoon yeah. it's it's it just captures the that mm. uh that moment in the show and also is kind of its own thing because it, mm-hmm. it can't quite be this in the show yeah. uh and when it's just the frozen beat, you can just enjoy that beat. No, that's a great point. Yeah, this the, it's you're able to do a little bit different uh, things here with this concept already. And it, the detail of him slurping one of the tentacles, but the look in his eyes of the other tentacles are getting me. <laughs> is really I am well. in over my head. Yeah. He has a giant McFlurry spoon as if he's gone through a McDonald's <laughs> drive-in. And love it. And this is, uh, yes, he uh, does. He does. Christian Alsman is the, the uh, artist on this. And it, 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 no description. There's no, it's just tentacle soup version one. And so there's no insight into what goes into it. But I, in my kind of headcanon, Joseph, like what as an artist, like what a joy to be like, all right, hey, we need you to do some concept art. The scene is Grogu's eating his chowder and his chowder's fighting back. Go. <laughs> Come up with Could it. you please illustrate the chowder strikes back? Yes. <laughs> There's so much uh, yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, also a great follow on on uh Twitter, this this artist. Yeah. Oh gosh. Good God. You know, I need to follow more concept artists. Uh, yeah. I'm not doing that. Great you know, stuff. I compl- yeah. I complain about Twitter, then then there's probably gems like that out there for those <laughs> kind of folks. 
There we go. Yeah. Great number but two. But not a ton yeah. else to say about this one. It's yeah. just it's it just yeah. captures the moment. It's beautiful. Great number three choice indeed. My number three, going back, I think I was just, you know, I was just flipping through the book here and it's hard not to just go in order. And I, I remember at one point reminding myself, you have almost got your five choices and you haven't even gone a quarter through the book. So I slowed down a little bit, but we are going back to uh, towards the beginning, page 33. This is the Marshall Speeder version seven. Uh, this is uh, supposed to be a uh, uh, Cobb Vanth because Cobb Vanth at this point has Boba Fett's armor. So it is uh, Boba Fett riding on his, uh, excuse me, it is a uh, Cobb Vanth in Boba Fett's armor riding on the speeder. That of course is uh, essentially like, Anakin's pod race engine is what we got going here. <laughs> and I absolutely love that on the show. I love design. And, and this design, it is not only just has a lot of action and movement to it and all those wonderful things. Yes, but it looks like it's on the side of like a toy box. It makes me want to buy this as a toy. And Anton Grandert is the concept artist who put this one together. I love it. And it speaks. We've got original trilogy energy, of course, with Fett. We've got the pod race prequel era energy and all coming together, celebrated on the show, celebrated in that moment, but definitely celebrated in the art. And there again, too, if you're as an artist said, hey, we need this. Someone in Fett's armor riding a pod engine, but as a converted speeder, go for it. Make this happen. And this happened. Yeah. If you didn't know better, you would just say it's Fett, right? Because from the, this image there isn't is some of those things that that identify him as the sort of Cobb Vanth wearing the armor mm-hmm. uh so obviously we know it's the character Cobb Vanth but just looking at the art it does just look like wow yeah. <laughs> Boba Fett salvaged Anakin's uh <laughs> pod racer and has just turned it into a speeder and it's just got it's classic you know yeah. uh energy of racing and moving right with the his cape fluttering and the way the uh the engine is illustrated with the the kind of fender part sticking out uh the front it makes it even yeah. more like it's racing toward you yeah and, I'm gonna, and i'll sneak in another choice here but up top uh there's another uh, the pod engine speeder version one and it's the same concept Cobb Vanth and the Boba Fett armor, but the speeder is one half of some Bulba's pod race engine. <laughs> Equally as, yep. dis- as distinct, but uh, um, works for me at another level, but I-, I like the choice they went with, but I just, I love that. And you and I being fans of the prequel era, but I'm specifically loving pod racers and pods and all that kind of stuff. It's just so fun to see, again, people who love Star Wars, creating Star Wars, just having fun celebrating all corners of the galaxy. Yeah. I'll, I'd also shout out the another one of the uh, pod engine speeder version 2A, where it's kind of almost on the engine backwards. So yes, there's nothing yes. in front of the figure. And it just, it, it's that classic Star Wars, like there's nothing about that that looks safe. No, nothing. It looks hot. Uh, <laughs> it looks burny. Uh, and uh, it almost as if it's a, uh, all right, Boba, F- Boba Fett's armor, someone in it riding a horse, but the horse is an engine. Go. <laughs> and make sure it's, you know, it's really easy to fall off of. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Love this. That's my uh, my number three choice. Uh, I do love this. And and if I could ever get my hands on a, a figure toy set of this, I absolutely would uh, mm. buy that. Mm-hmm. Good choice. All right. We're moving through a lot of fun stuff to discuss here, but we are up to uh, our number two choices. Joseph, what is your number two favorite piece of art from the Art of Mandalorian season two book? My number two is one that I had not seen before I got this book and uh, one that I literally gasped. Um, there's just such power to it. It is uh, 
obviously related to what we see in the show, but it has uh, obviously an earlier different idea, some different energy. I'm going to page 138, and it is Ahsoka before the magistrate. Yes. Um, so it's this, it's the, the chapter that introduces the discussion of this episode, the Jedi, and it's a, obviously a slightly different take on the character that would become the magistrate. Um, but it's just this incredibly powerful image of Ahsoka's great, but the camera, the viewers to her back, uh, she's got her lightsaber held up. The lightsaber is igniting blue, um, in a classic sort of defensive pose. But the thing that just kind of blew me away is the sheer power from the magistrate. Yeah. Um, so she is standing, you know, just rod straight, great robes mix very much the samurai look mix of uh, armor and robes, uh, red and a kind of a very light uh, p- muted purple staff in a hand uh, held down and the other hand kind of extended uh, kind of, it looks like th- throwing her robe away. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's what it is. Uh, tossing her robe away. So it, it is this frozen image of let's fight. Yeah. But I think the power of it for me is, you know, the, this version of the magistrate is up above Ahsoka and is just pulsing with power And just this mm-hmm. image <laughs> makes me afraid for Ahsoka. And I've seen the episode multiple times. I know how it works out. But this episode makes me just feel like that figure has so much power. And Ahsoka is literally beneath her with the the blade up. But like, Mm. can Ahsoka possibly step to this power? Uh, Mm. It's just, uh, it's gorgeous. Oh, it's very just Star Wars to the core, including the influences of the design, the character, and and, and what Filoni put into that episode is a... a writer director of it, but yeah, I I, I love yeah it, it, energy doesn't even encapsulate it. You're right, the power in in the art is very clear. It jumps off the page. Yeah, and the way that the robe is being thrown away, of course, anytime the robe is taken off in these Star Wars samurai contexts, of like, all right, we're serious now. But her hand has this sort of that's throwing it has this sort of flippant quality, right? It's just mm-hmm. kind of like dismissing the robe. And like that energy is even scarier than if it was like this big sort of uh, throw with her fingers, you know, tensed. It's got that like the the um, ease of that gesture makes it feel like the magistrate's like, I am going to kick your bleep and it, I'm not going to break a sweat. It's so easy. Yeah. Well, it speaks to this design just really speaks to uh, the, the, the skilled fighter that she is. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it works for, you know, uh, your wife, Sarah is a, is a, tra- a classically trained uh, modern dancer, right? Uh, yeah. Fans listening should know that. Like I've seen Sarah order a drink with grace that I would never have in my <laughs> life. Right. Yes. The, the movements are always going to be there. The control is always going to be there. And this, this reminds me of that kind of like, I am tossing my robe away. But it is with the skill of a fighter about to kill you. I love everything about it. <laughs> yeah, you made the great joke about Olympic marks. Like, uh, th- if this was Olympic uh, games, and like, ooh, robe removal before fight, 10. <laughs> Ten. Yeah, so that's Ten. my number two. Just It's a different image, uh, capsulates the same ideas, but it is such power. Love it. Great sequence. I, I kind of want to, I haven't done the real big Mando season two rewatch, but talking about all this is, uh, is making me uh, push that up in my uh, schedule. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. My uh, number two choice, we are going to page 75, which means it puts us at uh, chapter 10. Oh, this is an episode full of uh, 
controversial egg-eating frog ladies, an icy, uh, not hoth-like snow planet, and uh, scary spiders. Uh, But also, underrated in that, is a really damn good spaceship chase. And I think that is kind of uh, encapsulated by the art here on page 75, going towards the bottom specifically. This is the Razor Crest chase version 212. Uh, This is uh, two X-Wings coming out of the Ice Canyon pursuing the Razor Crest. You want to talk about energy? You want to talk about just a, a painting that you can just stare at? And as at a ki- as a kid, I think this this art makes me think of some of those old uh, Macquarie concept arts, mm-hmm. just things you'd see back in the day where just this picture, two X-Wings chasing this spaceship. If I just saw that on a postcard or a trading card, my imagination as a seven-year-old would just spin into hyperdrive and I would be just imagining what's happening next. Why are they chasing this ship? Where's the ship going to go? When are they firing? I, I you know, I, I love that kind of stuff. And and this is, uh, it's beautiful. And, and uh, Doug Chang actually said about this uh, in the, in the book, this is almost taken right out of the Empire Strikes Back in the asteroid crater. I thought it'd be really fun to play with that, so that sublimity it matches that shot, but texturally it's very different. And there you go, mm-hmm. some of that core Star Wars stuff. We we talk about poetry when it comes to themes and plot and reveals, but also the design, keeping it like that, and and just kind of you you look at this picture and you are kind of transported back to those uh, other days. Uh, whenever you first saw Empire Strikes Back. So I love this. You talk about things uh, I'd love to hang on a wall from this book. This is one of the pieces I'd, I'd put in my, I put in my office post haste if I were to get it. Yeah, this is a great example of uh, take what you know in Star Wars and make it new. So it's like uh, got like flash and verve and fun uh, of the new, but also that it's deep sort of feeling of like, I remember mm-hmm. this. I've known this, you know, <laughs> uh, that that image has it for me of like, I think I could flip past this and go, is this a Macquarie illustration I forgot about? Like, yeah. obviously, it's, it's still in in Doug Chang's uh, style and mm-hmm. his his contribution is, you know. Uh, it's impossible to sum up uh, yeah. in words. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't want to diminish Doug Chang by saying it looks like Macquarie, but it's just, it's, it's that perfect um, mix of, it, it's just got the mood and the energy of the, the kinds of art that Macquarie was after of exactly what you were saying of capturing a moment where mm. the landscape is fun and bizarre. Uh, you recognize some of the ships, but you don't know what that other thing is. And we're frozen in a moment of conflict and we don't know how it ends. Yeah, and so much on this page and the page before that this this concept artist Anton Grander again just capturing just what this planet is and what they wanted to do. And, and you read in some of the notes here of just like we knew yeah, snow planet, ice planet. We wanted no one to think it's Hoth. And I, I'm reading some of the notes and I'm and, and looking at some of the art here and just laughing and even us going, is that Ilum? Could it be Ilum? It does have kinds of shades of Ilum. Is it Hoth? I don't know. It's a brand new planet which we are so happy to to know now. And uh, I love the design again, just great. Yeah, absolutely great choice. All right. Well, we are racing through this like X-Wings, driven by cars, driven, flying, flown by a Carson Teva chasing a Razor Crest. You could drive an X-Wing, too. Uh, we are going to be taking a quick break here in Star Wars Rank. But when we come back, some honorable mentions and our number one choices for our favorite pieces of art in the Art of Mandalorian Season 2. Stick around for more Star Wars Rank. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Have it to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Welcome back to Star Wars Ranked. Ken Napsuck here with Joseph Scrimshaw. We are ranking our favorite pieces of art from the Art of Mandalorian Season 2 book. It's been out for uh, a little bit now, but we uh, are very uh, fortunate to get our hands on it here. And we are having a lot of fun diving through all of these. And, of course, that means we're going to leave some of them on the uh, cutting room floor, so to speak. Joseph, what are some of your honorable mentions? Uh, one of my honorable mentions is the talk about action figures. Uh, I had a part of this action figure. It's on page uh, 154, and it's uh, just, hey, what if uh, what if Mando rode Maul's speeder from The Phantom Menace? <laughs> I love that. Sebulba that no, it's put to, you know, Mando on a, on a yeah. all speeder. Love it. I remember being so excited when the Phantom Menace era uh, merch got around to making a mall uh, on his speeder. I didn't know it was called the, I believe the blood fin at the time. Um, but this is just so great. It's, 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 uh, this is one of those pictures. Like, I'm glad to see they tried things. You're like, what if and it's, yeah. there's just because malls speeder is so compact <laughs> I don't know. There's just like it, it. It has a little bit of you know what it is. It has a little bit of Mando on a Vespa vibe, which uh, obviously <laughs> would go on to be quite controversial. But I just love it. It's a fun mashup of Maul and Mando. How how could you not like that? that? Yeah, totally. Talk about the figures being played with. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, another one is uh, I, w- I was drawn to some of the art that isn't these great big uh, pictures uh, that are captured in this moment, but more kind of figuring out exactly how is a process going to look like. Um, and and I, I hate to celebrate something bad happening uh, to a Tuscan, but on page 61, figuring out uh, how the, uh, you know, acid of the Tuscan or of the crate dragon is going to melt the Tuscan. There's this, <laughs> it, it's like a water on a witch in wizard of Oz, <laughs> the melting of the Tuscan where it's the, the first image is kind of smoking in some stuff and then kind of wilting and then just robes. <laughs> the melting of the Tuscan sounds like some ceremony they do in, in the tribes. Like it's like, uh, you know, melting away the barriers around your heart, but this one's a little different. <laughs> a little different. Yeah. A little different, a little more visceral. So I love that one. Uh, share one more and, and then kick yeah. it back to you if you'd like. Um, yeah. I'm trying to find the page for this one. Uh, page 79. This is an image that's very close, I think, to kind of what we ultimately got mood-wise. But I just love it because it, again, captures a little bit of a comic book vibe for me. Uh, it is uh, Frog Lady and Mando running from the spiders. Uh, Frog Lady's in front, uh, a look of just <laughs> sheer, yeah. I got to get out of here on her face. Mando's firing behind him. Uh, the ice spiders, just a huge mass of them with the scary red eyes coming. I said comic book, but ultimately, uh, you know what this is? Mm. This is one of those images that really, really reminds me of the pulp roots uh the paperbacks oh, yeah. and the weird tales origins of uh of star wars i know i go on about them a lot i know they're important uh, to mandalorian but this is it's one of the reasons i love this chapter and it so captures that right that the mm-hmm. point of this kind of of art uh that uh, on pulp covers and you know uh, paperbacks was was often painted for for a while. It was sort of like the last bastion of, of any kind of realism in modern art. Uh, it, but it's, it's designed to make you go, what the hell is going on? And to elicit, like, it's designed to make you buy it, to make you go, what's going on? What deep fears might it tap into? What's that frog lady? What she's got in her back? Is that guy going to be captured by those spiders? I don't want to, I hate spiders. Like it's designed, That that's what's it, 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 so attractive yeah. about it. It's fun, but it's also designed to make you pick you up and buy it because it excites mm. you or scares you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it, and that's all in this image. 
Imagine if you were shown this before e- even the Mandalorian series debuted, you'd be like, wait, there's a frog, Boba Fett, and space Shelobs. What's going on here? I'm into this. Right? And they're on an ice planet. And we've talked so much about how that just evokes fantasy of like, yeah. it's like another planet, but ice. <laughs> but ice. Yeah. So that's one of my runners up. Love this uh, one. Love that. Yeah, I have a few here. Uh, page 114. I called it, I titled this a collection of cargas. Uh, <laughs> I'm flipping to it now. It is just all the art. Uh, and again, uh, Brian Mattis uh, does this there. Uh, it is it is uh, Carl Weathers' Grief Cargo, but it's like three different versions of them, different kind of robes, uh, maybe a long kind of almost duster version. I like that version a lot of than the kind of more of a classic uh, cape uh, robe kind of setup there. But it's just great as, as a Carl Weathers fan. So thankful he's in the series. So thankful he's directing. And there's some great stuff in this if you read – uh, this uh, the, the write-up of this episode of, of, of Favreau kind of going, I, I knew Carl Weathers was a director. I just didn't feel he'd maybe gotten that chance, uh, you know, on, on a bigger scale and happy to have him here and happy to do it. And it was action. He knows that so well. Like, it was just a perfect mix. And I love that. I love that about the Mandalorian series that they did that. And so uh, I love the character of Grief Karga. And this is a collection of Kargas that I would hang on my wall. It is great. I love the final design, but I love the middle one uh, with the longer jacket, the, the red. That just mm-hmm. great, yeah, that's my favorite red. one. Yeah, yeah, and I also love that this really does look like you can put this on your your fridge, a collection of like grief cargo magnets, and try out different outfits because he's got <laughs> <Yeah>. that same <laughs> like those hand on the hip casual yeah. boss pose in every one. What is this? A little uh, pin-on clothing there, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to just just uh, grief, grief, cargan is space briefs, and then you can try out these different <laughs> outfits on top of it. Love that there. So that starts off my honorable mentions on page one eighty one. It is the Razor Crest destroyed. I mean, ouch, babe. This is the one, uh, and uh, this is I think it's Ryan Church is the author or the artist who does this one, and he's. Uh, in the notes describing it, Doug came to me as design as actually we read that again. Doug came to me in parentheses as designer of the razor crest, which mean which means Doug had to kill kill this razor crest. How hard? How hard would that have been? So Doug came to him and says, I think John's talking about the razor crest getting destroyed. <laughs> and I said, Oh, you mean when it comes back, right? Doug's like, No, it really gets blown up. Uh you could you could hear the pain in these concept artists, artists, these designers who designed this wonderful, beautiful, mm. iconic ship. And then we as fans all had that reaction, especially those who maybe donated to uh, crowdfunding of the toys, Joseph. Yep. Uh, I have a very large in-memoriam toy. <laughs> and and this was the, I just happened, uh, that was the week I had uh, uh, pulled out the, the Lego Razor Crest and built it. And it was planning mm. to build it just total. No one knew this was coming except for, you know, the people behind the show. But I love, I really love the description here of, yes, it's just this wonderful, big, visceral destruction of the Razor Crest. But then even the artists are like, yeah, John's going to destroy it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> love that. Love that. Story. I love the phrasing of, I think John's talking about, like, just overheard in the kitchen. <laughs> Like he's in there cooking a pizza with Robert Rodriguez for that Netflix show. My favorite thing to reference because I love the show. And then Doug comes running in. Oh, no, I heard him tell Robert Rodriguez we're going to destroy it. It is an effective uh, image, too, because it is clearly uh, devastatingly destroyed, but enough pieces to make it entirely recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. Love that there. 
Uh, another one for me, and I'll uh, kick it back to you here. It's on page 220, 221, a splash page, but more of a fire page. You know what I mean? It is dual flamethrowers. It is Boba Fett and uh, what is it? Casca Reeves. And uh, Brian Matt, Matt uh, wrote this one, uh, drew this one, and says, uh, he fire cancels out fire, right? Ten-year-old me always wanted to see Boba Fett do something like this. That is a lot about the spirit of the show. This we know. We talk about it often. Action figures on the floor. Star Wars fans at heart. And just asking, why not? Why couldn't we see Boba Fett and his flamethrower meeting the flamethrower of an adversary? And we've uh, got this on display in this wonderful poster art. Yeah, that one is powerful, too. And just great composition and just that kind of that that minimal energy. You kind of see the bar in between, but it's just the two figures very far apart in their yeah. flames meeting in the middle. Just great composition. Absolutely. So I have a couple more, but what are uh, some of your other honorable mentions? Yeah, we're going uh, to page uh, 157. I, I had a hard time uh, uh, narrowing down my Ahsoka images, uh, but this is the one where uh, Ahsoka's uh, on a kind of a cliff with uh, just the robe flying. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, there, there's just, uh, I think there's there's such power in um, that the uh it's a di- it's a different drawing of her right it's it's i think it's kind of yeah. looking at where is she at right yeah. and this looks like a powerful jedi at at peace the way her her feet are kind of po- poised oh, yeah, yeah. together she's almost like standing on the incline of this uh hill or mound but it doesn't seem to matter uh mm-hmm. eyes kind of closed in meditation but head held high and then just you know look this is why we wear capes and robes in, in, in space fantasy. And let's be honest, in, in real life, we don't wear them for when they make it awkward when you sit down or when they get trapped in revolving doors. We wear them for when the wind billows mm. <laughs> and makes you majestic is all hell. And yes. I like that this is a different take on the robes. They're almost, you know, they're kind of mm. frayed and old, but they're, uh, there's a huge volume to them. And just, again, the great composition that the the hill drives your eye upward and your eye goes up this really rigid, straight form that Ahsoka has. And there's so there's this rigidity. And then there's this huge sweep of energy outward uh, from her robe. So it's like an image of uh, organic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, rigid versus the organic and flowing in Star Wars. And that energy in that robe is is just fantastic. It is indeed very classic Star Wars photo there. Love that. Yeah, so uh, that is uh, my one of my runners up. My last uh, runner up is just kind of uh, that that that's a cool one <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that I have a hard time resisting. Uh, I am going to what page is that one? That is page one eighty seven, and it is just a. Uh, Grogu jokes the trooper. <laughs> it's a long panel. It is a two troopers on the ground bathed in red light. Tiny Grogu in the back with a little spotlight on him and uh, floating up out of the frame just as buttocks dangling feet and tortured hands of a trooper being choked by the adorable baby Yoda. <laughs> so adorable. So cute. So cute. Great art and just, yeah, it just captures that contrast of like, oh, he's so cute. Uh, except for when you try to put baby in a corner and then he fights. <laughs> Don't put baby in a corner indeed. 
Great honorable mentions there. A final couple ones for me, going towards the end of the book here, page 243, uh, Christian Alsman wrote, uh, I keep saying wrote, I, I'm just such a writer at heart, I guess. Uh, Alsman <laughs> drew this uh, piece of art of uh, Grogu meets R2. Man, what a wonderful moment in the show. And I love this. It's, it's from uh, uh, behind uh, Grogu. You're looking up at R2. R2 almost looks like he's red, uh, like you got a paint job. But it's just the, the lighting of, of the design. You can see through Grogu's ears as, as you can, almost like uh, a chihuahua's ears. I uh, love everything about it. And it just really captures the spirit of uh, one of my favorite moments in the show. So love that one there. Absolutely great pick. Final one for me before we get to our number one choices is on page 246. Uh, by Ryan Church, simply titled Bib the Hut, version 300. Uh, Ryan says, when Doug said that Bib Fortuna would look a bit different now, an image just popped into my head of these giant growths on his head circling around. The Leku have, uh, unlike uh, you know the controversy around Ahsoka, this is, uh, Bib's got uh, a different look going, and just captures... Uh, captures the, the essence of that scene, including like the surprise. We all kind of were like, whoa, post credit scene and Bibbs alive and he's on the throne and everything about it. And I just love, uh, Hey, can you design Bib the hut? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. That is a fun assignment and, and very well done. And it makes me think of the uh, character in Rogue One, uh, Bibbs cousin Beezer Fortuna, who the <laughs> databank describes as having desiccated Leku. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that Bib has the entire opposite of a desiccated Leku. He has a yeah. large and in charge Leku. Plump with power. Plump with power. <laughs> All right. Those are our honorable mentions. We are not quite done. We each have our number one selections here. I'll go first so Joseph, Joseph can close the show with his number one. For me, I'm going to page 137, which is, I know, an entire page was close to your heart too, Joseph, so we'll talk about that. But the bottom of page 137 is a piece of art that literally made me laugh out loud in the most wonderful of ways when I turned the page and saw this. It is, and here's the actual title, art by Christian Alsman, Cookies Tossed, version 434. Which means I would love to see all 433 versions of Cookies Tossed before, if that's what the numbering exactly means there. Cookies Tossed, a version 434, is as you'd expect. It is Grogu sitting strapped in in the Razor Crest. It is cute little adorable robe. We all know his little, uh, his little outfit, his little toes, his three, his toes just pointed up, and that face and that look in his eyes of, oh, oops, I did a bad. And then here he is. He's holding the uh, uh, space macaroon package, and he's just covered in barf. Ah, it is disgusting. It is adorable. It is endearing. It is everything about uh, Grogu that we love and uh, we love to celebrate. And that is the, you know, the complicated nature of Grogu doing everything he thinks he uh, wants to do. He gets away with it until he starts to learn that's not the way. Love it. Love it. Talk about art I'd hang on a wall. I might want to make <laughs> this one into a van mural. I'll have to buy a van. But now I want a van mural of Cookies Tossed version 334. It, it is it, it is very, very worth it. The the accuracy of the vomit dribble. So detailed. Uh from the fall pattern to the consistency. Perfection, right? <laughs> That's the best. And then uh the other thing I like about this is just how vivid and clear the emptied sheet of cookies, you know? Yes. <laughs> it, it, the sheath, uh, I guess, not sheet, the sheath, uh, the wrapper, it, it, for anybody who's ever, you know, opened a wrapper like that and be like, 
I'm going to have two. And like, oh, no, uh, you know, it gets to you. It gets to you. Yeah. So I uh, uh, so sometimes we exchange our, our lists and, yeah. you know, if one of us has something on honorable mentions where the other's like, oh, that, that's one of my that's one of my big ones. Uh, I had this on my honorable mentions because of the utter quality of uh, of the one that you picked out. Uh, but I also just love the fact that there are four images at the top. <laughs> Nothing has changed about them, but the style of the cookies. And I, it's the best. that speaks to, right? The like, uh, nothing, nothing is under considered. Again, you might not agree with the final choice, but so much thought that they drew all of these different cookies just to decide what does the cookie look like that Grogu eats? I would love to hear from Christian Alsman if on the day that he was really digging into this, he just ordered and, and had delivered a bunch of cookies and just sat there eating all the cookies to see which one he wanted to put in the yard. Yeah, it's even in the text, right? He mm. says, uh, this was an interesting project. What was it? A week or so of cookie design and having the child tossing them laughs. Because <laughs> <laughs> what, what is your favorite one on this list? Of oh. the, the cookies. This stopped me in my tracks when I knew that there was even a, a, a design consideration once of New Republic cookies. <laughs> New Republic, that's exactly it. It's the winner. There's some it great the designs. the winner for me. Yeah. Like those kind of like ginger snappy cookies. There's some frosted ones. And then there's like the ones that I do like with the like jellied fruit in the center. But they took that concept and it is like New Republic credits in cookie form. I, you know what? It, what it makes me feel like? It makes me feel like Mon Mothma heard the real life meme that goes around of like, come to the dark side, we have cookies. And she was like, F that. The New Republic has cookies too. <laughs> this, is, this is how we'll get them. It's propaganda cookie making here, right? It's a good, we like this propaganda though. I uh, love it. No, it's 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 like a red jelly New Republic uh, symbol on a cookie. I, how, how have they not made these? These need to be available. Forget space, well, not forget space macarons. I'll take those too, but I want these at, at Celebration. New Republic cookies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would absolutely love that. Hey, do you think anybody will cosplay a uh, post-vomit Kroku? <laughs> I mean, if if not, you've just laid down the gauntlet and I want to see people hit that uh, standard there. Jump that barrier. Please, that's that's amazing. Absolutely. And you know, people, they're so creative with the, their cosplay that, yeah, up chucking Grogu, go for it. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. And yeah, I want those cookies so bad. I, I like the final design. I think it really works. And I like the weird Williams and Sonoma charging people bonkers yeah. amounts of money, but man, I'd, I'd pay 50 bucks for some new Republic cookies. Yeah. Absolutely. Love that. Well, that is my number one choice. Uh, cookies tossed version 434. Uh, it's beautiful. Put it on a van indeed, but we are up to your number one choice. Jo Joseph, your favorite piece of art from the art of Mandalorian season two book. What do you got? Uh, so my number one, I, I it's a tie, but it's on the same idea. And I was really struck when I was going through this book and, and picking out the images of like the different kinds of images, right? There's the art that's in the credits of the show. So we know it. There's the just kind of iteration on costumes or speeders. Uh, there's all sorts of different kinds of art. And one of the things that I forgot was in here is the effort art that is an effort uh, to definitely come up with ideas, but to avoid spoilers. Yes. I was so taken with that. So my number one is two pieces of art uh, trying to make sure that no one figures out that Luke Skywalker is going to be in there. And instead, 
if it leaks, they will think it is the return of Jedi Master Plo Koon. <laughs> uh, so I am going uh, first uh, to what page is that? Uh, page 242, mm-hmm. uh, which is just the image of, uh, of Plo Koon. Uh, it is clearly working out, I'm sure, within the art as well, like actual ideas of, of looks for uh, Luke coming down the hallway and taking out the uh, the dark troopers. Uh, but this is just Plo Koon in the midst of dark uh, trooper carnage. And it's a great image. Uh, Plo Koon, the camera's kind of a little low, so looking up a little bit of a hero shot. You see a, a broken and dismembered mm-hmm. dark troopers on the ground. Then uh, Plo Koon... Uh, with lightsaber ignited but held down, he's he's clearly done with his work. But the thing that makes it sing, his other hand is reaching up, uh, using the force uh, to pin just the top half <laughs> of a dark trooper uh, against the wall. The dark trooper is just like sparking and dying. It's such a great frozen moment. Oh, there, there's a cut in the in the roof of the mm-hmm. hallway that make it look like Plo Koon cut through that and leapt down there, Dropped cut through it. them all. And just, just holding that one dark trooper is probably still like, you know, yelling uh, orders. And Plo Koon's just like holding it there with the force going, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about what's next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I missed it. What I, I on, on on the next page is is the Grogu meets R two art that I mentioned. I, I I made a mistake. I said, oh, R two is colored a little different because of the lighting. No, uh, Christian Alsman says I I was very careful to co- color this so that it didn't look like a certain famous droid because in the art that you've uh, selected here, R two's there, but it is red as well. So I love that they yes. needed to even hide R two. That's that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it, it, the very, very good point with that great uh, red red look for R2. Yeah, so I think for me, obviously, I, the, this art is still figuring things out. It's still being practical, but it's also like, hey, for something that's not going to be in the show, did you have to go this hard? And the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'm going to close out uh, with uh, this other image that is uh, technically Plo Koon, but you don't see him as much. And to bring it back home to the titular Mandalorian, I'm going to page 214, an image that isn't in the show. But if I saw this image before I knew anything about the show, I I, I might have exploded. Yeah. Uh, the image is the bridge that uh, of the Imperial Cruiser that we're familiar with. Um, it's got this kind of great shot that there's been lots of iterations of in Star Wars lately of a, a, a standoff duel and in the foreground is a, is a hand and a weapon and then uh, back further is the full-bodied figure of the other opponent. Uh, it's a little different here, though, because the, the hand in the foreground is this uh, black glove and then the blue blade of a lightsaber really just dissecting the image down the middle. Uh, uh, in a diagonal so it has this different energy it's not the same shot that we've seen a lot now of the hand on the hip of the blaster it, mm. it's taken up a ton of the frame <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. so there's a ton of power in it and it's this blue blade and a black hand and who's holding it uh, but then uh, to end back on our main character to see this image of Din not he doesn't do this in the show right uh, the mm-hmm. dark saber ignited and up yeah. Uh, in a fighting stance, leaning back, ready to get into it with whoever this mystery figure is. This is just one of those great images of like um, trying to step back from it. And before the Mandalorian is even announced, like, what is this? Whose lightsaber yeah. is that? What is that black blade? Like if you hadn't <laughs> seen that in Clone Wars, it's oh, it's just yeah. 
pure undiluted Star Wars, and it's so exciting. No, it, it could easily be the the cover of this book. Though they have the, a great photo of of Did and, and Grogu, a great piece of art. Yeah, this yeah, this is a, this is a cover. This is a cover. It's almost like a comic book cover. Yeah, no, it it really and it's even space like a comic book where there's room for some hyperbole of like Ken Din survive his encounter with the mystery Jedi. Yeah, yeah, right. God, who that is? No, it's a great shot, great design, the detail. Uh, as well on uh, on Mando and Din, you're right. If we at one point, if you're shown this, you'd be like, "Why is is that Django with the what is going on here? <laughs> it's not quite Boba Fett." Yeah, love it. Yeah, it's just a great, uh, beautiful, beautiful image, and I think it's kind of it's fun to see art in an art of book where yeah, that kind of image of Din, you know, fully fully wielding the dark saber. That's not in this part of the show, but. Uh, it's coming up real soon. <laughs> it is on the way. It is on the way. Man, that is a wonderful way to end this episode. The mystery of Plo Koon returning and uh, the uh, image of Din with the Darksaber. Something key to his existence, his life, his arc going forward. We'll see where that all ends up. Been a lot of fun to look at this book. Uh, we really, um, really clearly love it. And I love that this is kind of this tradition of, of art and behind the scenes. It's it's kind of part of being a Star Wars fan and has been since uh, pretty much the beginning when a lot of these behind the scenes people, then the past, yeah, you might know them if you were a film school person, but now they're, they're part of uh, the pop culture landscape, the Doug Chang's of the world, the Joe Johnson's, the Dennis Murins, and the list goes on and on and on. And now so many great artists in this book written by uh, Phil Sostak. We absolutely love it. So Joseph, thank you, sir, for your list. Great stuff. Yeah, thank you. This is really a ton of fun uh, to, to really uh, just fully engage with the visual of Star Wars as well as all of the great uh, texts and insights. So ton of fun. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, and we and we recommend if, if you've got this book, if you're like me, sometimes I just kind of poke through, look at the pictures and just kind of I'll keep coming back to it. It's a great coffee table book. But I do suggest when you get a chance, sit down and kind of read it cover to cover. So many wonderful morsels in there. And unfortunately, sometimes occasionally these little comments get clipped out and become clickbait of did you know, George? And I just got to get the full picture. It's a really fun read. We really recommend it. Yeah, I, I really agree with that. This one in particular had some like great insights to me of just perspective, like mm-hmm. not even like, oh, wow, I, I didn't know that. But just really reminding you of where the artists and creators are coming from. This is a, mm-hmm. Star Wars is so much about perspective. And this is so written, well written by Phil Sostak to just mm-hmm. um, remember to uh, take a moment in your Star Wars opinions and uh, just imagine uh, being in the role of these creators and the, the kind of thought and attention that they give everything. Absolutely. Well, we are almost out of here this week. If you want to find us and uh, share your own uh, choices here, you can always do that by using the hashtag Star Wars Ranked on Twitter. We are at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We'll va- we are available in a lot of different spots: a cast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Just search and find us. You can get an audio book on us if you'd like to by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you could support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. You can follow me at Catnapsock. Go to my website, catnapsock.com. Joseph, where can they go for you, sir? You can find me on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And for all of my other comedy adventures, you can find me on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. So that is it for this week. So for all these wonderful artists who had to sit down and do the impossible task of designing Grogu throwing up. We appreciate it. (laughs) That is it for this week. Star Wars has been ranked. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.